Don't you just love that our journey with God is a relationship? It's not formulas. Don't you love that? One thing I had, um, and I felt the Lord clearly speak to me um, over this last few days, was um, we must understand that in relationship, because it's relationship with God and because He's a Father, just think of yourselves as, 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 as think fathers think of themselves as fathers, moms think of themselves as moms. Sometimes you just bless your kids because it's so cool to bless your kids, Right? You know, sometimes you just like come home and my dad says, yeah, I've just, I was in town, I was in a shop, I looked and I saw this amazing leather jacket, dad, I just, I saw this amazing leather, no, no. I'm teasing, <laughs> yeah, la, 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 no. I do have my dad here in the congregation, that's why, so anyway, and they just, I just want to give you this leather jacket, Right? And you just get blessed with this leather jacket and it's so cool and it's wonderful and oh, it's so nice to wear and it's just, it's just an amazing gift. And there's other times that you have to work really hard and you've got to save and put away so you can get the matching pants, right? <laughs> the matching pants. They don't have to be leather pants. James getting nervous. She thinks, is this a midlife crisis coming on now? <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the mountains. <laughs> I must tell you something else about the mountains. No, anyway. The reality is I feel like the Lord's speaking to us and saying to us, sometimes in his presence, he just comes and he gives us gifts. He just comes and he blesses us. Because that's who he is. And we must just be ready and just receive that. He just comes and says, yeah, here's a new jacket. You know what? Yeah, let me just fill you. Let me just give you this gift. We can just receive it. And there's other times where we have to journey, we have to walk through things, whatever, and we have to press through in order to, to get those and to walk in those. But that's what's, why it's called relationship, amen? That's why it's a journey and it's a relationship and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's refreshing and it's always different and God's just doing amazing things. It's not some set routine. Friends, that's why when we come here, we're not coming here to get like something we need to, you know, there's a, there's a, a formula and we've, we're short on a bit more oxygen and whatever, um, and we've got to add it so that it all adds up to a result. No, we actually come here and we just love him and worship him. You can tell I didn't do science that well. It's, I was trying to think, O2, what H, I don't know, whatever. Moving on from that. Actually, I did well at science, but anyway, not anymore, obviously. No. No, babes, you took art. So what, what I wanted to chat a little bit about is, is uh, oh, that was the other thing about the, 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 the Berg. While I was sitting in the Berg, talking to the Lord, there's some serious baboons there. And um, one or two, obviously, of the big boys, are they're in charge. And there's one guy, what's it called? Ohamba Etwe or something. Ohamba Etwe. It means one who walks alone. And uh, never walk alone. Even if you're a Liverpool supporter, you don't have to. <laughs> but focus. Okay. So, so these guys, and they're huge. And um, they've, they give a little bit of trouble, and they ha have been giving a bit of trouble in the, burg, in the resort that we were at, and uh, Droxburg Gardens. And, um, 
what they said is, um, if the guy does come into your sphere of influence and what have you, and if you're carrying food or there's food around, whatever, just give it up. Just let him have it because you're not going to win, you know. And I remember the one day I was like talking, I opened the door and he was standing right there in the doorway. This big guy. Fortunately, I didn't have any food on me, but I thought I was food. So <laughs> I closed the door and he was bashing on the door. And like, sheesh, these oaks are really, or he's really cheeky, you know. Let's hold the door. And he disappeared. And when I went for my walk up into the mountains, I felt, I, I felt like the Lord say, you know, um, it's just like the enemy. It's like a big baboon. Good analogy. <laughs> and you know what? He comes in, he intimidates like this, and even bashing on the door because he wants to steal your food. And uh, the lies that have been spoken and told, and I'd, if you're in the burg and there's a baboon, please let him have your food. This is an analogy. Um, don't take him on. <laughs> They're really are big. But with the enemy, Jesus already taken him on. But the enemy tries to sow these subtle lies that says, give up your food. Just let him have your food. I want to encourage you, whatever. No, you speak to the enemy. You close the door, bash on the door. He's going to go away because it's your food. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And we're living in days right now where he wants to give you and I the kingdom. He wants heaven not just to be an influence in our lives. He wants heaven to be a reality. He wants heaven to be in and working, operating through our lives. And I feel like there's been a shift and a change. Not only just the landscape of 24-7, but I believe in the landscape in the spiritual realm. And I believe as we as a church and as churches tap into that, you're going to see the most amazing, the most wonderful demonstrations of the goodness of God, the grace of God, and as a father's heart. And I'd love for you and I, and as a church, for us to live and to walk in that. Amen. So I don't even know what the title is of this, because I've got so many thoughts running around in my head. It's very dangerous to leave me alone for a few days. Um, because I, I was, Connor was asking me, so what did the Lord say? I said, well, I, I don't know. I had about 15 open windows of thoughts which are now running around in my head. But I know God has given me a series to preach, but I'm not settled on it yet, so I didn't want to preach that this morning. So maybe I'm just going to touch on a whole bunch of thoughts and throw those out and then see where it leads. But in Matthew chapter 6, there's a beautiful uh, prayer there, which is the prayer of every single believer. It's a prayer of the heart of of God for every single one of us, and it's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Something about he's a father, he's to be worshipped, he's to be adored, he's to be hallowed, he's to be put in his rightful honor and his rightful place, which is he reigns, he's in charge, right? Then it says, um, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the prayer of our hearts, the prayer of the heart of the Father when He's in His rightful place is that heaven would come to earth, right? That we would experience heaven on earth in all its fullness. When God made the earth, when He made the earth, He made it out of the unseen, right? He took from the unseen and He made the earth, the realm that we see that's the natural and then when he created and he made that, friends, he then made us to go into that earth to be fruitful and to multiply, to subdue it and to take dominion over it. He wanted the unseen to come into the scene and to subdue and take dominion over it and to rule over it. The scene was always meant to be overseen and ruled by the unseen. 
Right? I'm going to read you some scripture. Um, let's just go to uh, Hebrews 11.3. Just want us to catch these thoughts. It's very, it's very important. Hebrews 11. Uh, verse 3, it says, Now by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Got that? Shall I read it again? I can find it. It's a strong wind blowing in this house. By faith, no, it's, it's get everyone cool. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. The word of God created the universe, the seen world that we see. So that what was seen was not made out of things that are visible. Then if you turn back just to Colossians chapter 1. Let me just read. On verse 15 it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created. In heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. Wow. So my Bible tells me that the seen was created by the unseen, and then my, my Bible tells me who created it. That's Jesus. All things were created, things that are invisible and things that are visible. Everything that was created, the invisible and the visible, was all created by God. It was created by Christ, and it was created not only through Him, but for Him. So everything that was created was created by Him, through Him, and for him and everything that we see was created from the unseen from the invisible to the visible now we live when we're born into this world which is a visible world which what we see in this earth and because of the fall of man and because of what happened in the beginning, friends, we lost our identity, our understanding of who we are, what our purpose, what the plan of God was, and everything. We became, we had amnesia. We lost the plot. We decided that this thing was actually all, it was us, it was all about us, and um, we, became, we became people of psychology. We became, we became psychological instead of spiritual. In the garden, two trees, spiritual, psychological. Man chooses to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, psychological. Ever since that moment, friends, he has been dwelling what's between his head instead of in the realm of the Spirit of God. When we get born again, we're brought back and God gives us the Holy Spirit. We are now called to walk according to the Spirit. Our journey, friends, from now on is spiritual. It's not psychological. If you can understand the spiritual realm, friends, you won't need a psychologist. I'm not knocking psychology, and there are some great Christian psychologists, but I believe they can only do so much. 
It's like I believe in inner healing courses, but I believe they can only do so much. I believe more in Jesus and the finished work of the cross and that it's finished and that he's done it all. And that if you want your psychological challenges and difficulties sorted out, friends, you need to go to the tree of life. That was for free. So now, we get born again, friends. Now, we are not from this world. We're from an unseen world. The Spirit of God has come and dwelt inside of us so that we can begin to operate in the seen world and restore back to the original plan and purpose of God, which was to subdue and take dominion and allow the realm of the unseen to manifest into this seen realm. Are you with me? So our journey and the picture that we've got is a manifestation of the goodness and the glory of God through our lives. That's why I was saying I'm very hesitant to talk about seasons in terms of the journey that God's got for us. The journey that God's got for us all along was that we would bring and manifest the unseen realm into the seen realm. That the unseen realm would begin to govern over the seen realm like it always was meant to. So we're not as a church waiting, saying, oh, well, this is a, this is a, a, a lost cause or a dead loss. Or it's, a, it's a waste of time, friends. We're not sitting there waiting for God just to just cook the earth. The sons of thunder said, oh, let's just cook them. And God said, you don't know what spirit you are. See, we know that this earth is a Titanic. We know that. We know that it's going down, friends. And we're not meant to just sit there and drink and, or run to the lifeboats or just sit there and drink and say, don't worry, I'm fine because I'm not really from this boat. I'm going to... No, what we're meant to do, friends, is we're meant to love. We're meant to be his hands and feet. We're meant to be the unseen realm governing over the seen realm. We're meant to be releasing his glory. So I don't believe in seasons, friends, where, oh, no, that's why I'm hesitant to talk about there's a move of God or a season right now where God wants to just bless us. Because my Bible tell, it says he's taking me from glory to glory. Isn't it amazing the Bible says that of his kingdom there will be no end and his government will be upon his shoulders, not his head, his shoulders. Jesus is the head, we are the body. Quick biology lesson, we're the shoulders. Government of God is resting upon the body of Christ. There will be no end to the government of God. <laughs> I'm running out of words, I'm like... How else do you say that? I don't know. It's like. But friends, that's our mandate. That's what we're called to do. We're called to bring heaven to earth. We, we come and we worship him and we allow his presence to come. And, and there's far too many places of, of gathering where the people of God are gathering, even this morning, where the, the song section of the meeting is just a song section. It's just a. It's just where we sing some great songs, some great words to our king. It's a, it's a meeting point for God and us. 
It's when we worship him, we put him as our father, we put him in his rightful place, and we create the space and opportunity. Heaven comes to earth and begins to encounter us and transform and change us so that we can go and let the government of God come over this earth. So we can release the power and the presence and the anointing and the vibrancy of God because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us for a purpose and a reason. And when the Spirit of the Lord came and poured out on the church and filled the church, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do something, preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick, cause the captives to be released and freed, friends. Proclaim the favorable year of the Lord to proclaim to people that actually God is good and that when you step into him, you step into a whole lifetime of goodness. That doesn't mean on this earth that we won't suffer, friends. It means that the goodness of God surrounds us, friends. The goodness of God fills us, that my joy and my contentment is not found in anything in this planet, but my joy and goodness and is found in him. You can't kill that. That's the mandate over the church at this time. The mandate over the church is we've got to get over ourselves. I was not born for myself. I was born for him. Preacher series coming up, definitely, definitely burning inside of my heart. It's a journey of, of, a, of a Christian with finances. But I feel like there's a transition happening in the realms of the spirit of wealth. But unless we catch this, we will not understand what God's doing. You've got the first commandment and you've got the last commandment or the 10 commandments. And, they, and everything in between hinges on the first and the last. What's the first command? <laughs> you shall have no other gods before you. What's he saying? He's saying, let me be your delight, your contentment. Have no other lovers. Nobody else will come on and get your affection. Just let me be everything to you. Let me be your treasure. Let me be your joy. Let me be your delight. No other gods, just me filling me, then you've got a whole bunch of stuff that happens and it ends. The last one says, I shall not covet. What's covet? Simply the word. It means desire. It says, if you will make me your delight and your joy and everything, then it will be my delight and my joy to give you the desires of your heart. But if you begin to not make me your delight and your joy, then other things will take your desire. What makes a desire bad is when it elevates, elevates itself above God. We no longer find our contentment and our fulfillment in God, we find it in something else. It's everything all wrapped up. Love the first greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's another one like it. On these hang all the law and the prophets. When God came to fulfill it all, what was the key hinging thing? Making him 
your delight, your joy, not just receiving his love, but becoming his love. Amen. Don't you always get fascinated how God, God, amazing, magnificent God, you just, I was reading while we were in the, in the, in the berg, you know, you, you, when you get there and you're just looking at all these mountains and you realize how small you are and how big he is, and then you kind of challenge yourself and you say, but who am I, God? And I love God, he's got a beautiful sense of who he is, I'll get over yourself. He says, I'm in splendor and majesty. Just turn and he just shows you, and there's so many scriptures, there's so many of it, just where he forms the mountains. And like he just whispers the thunders. It's just, he's almighty and he stands on the mountains. He just takes one leap from the Himalayas to the Rockies. Just walks. This is splendor of God. Majesty and beauty, but He's invited us to be part of that. And he's invited us to live in that, in his glory. In his majesty and in his power. Ooh, and it, there's this gift that he's given us that he said to us, listen, you've got a, a small moment in the fragileness of, of mankind, in the fragileness of, of humanity, of our frail humanity, in that small moment to carry me and my glory. And one day I'm going to get up before me. He's going to give me a whole new glorified body. And all of that's going to be all away. And I'm going to be in, in his presence and his glory and magnificent. And there's just going to be the beauty and the majesty. But right now, I'm this frail little vessel. And he is majestic and mighty. And he's given me the ability to walk in his majesty and his glory on this earth for 80 years. To breathe him. To allow his kingdom to come. And the rule and reign, the power and the presence of God. Woo, what a privilege. Oh, am I jumping around? Oh. See, what I'm trying to encourage us is that bringing heaven to earth isn't just us trying to find answers of how we deal with life and cope with life. It's not just finding answers. We don't come to church to find answers. We come to church to encounter God for His presence to transform our lives so we can bring heaven to earth. Freaking, friends, more water. Freaking friends. No, no. <laughs> we come to earth, friends, because as His glory, and He comes and He fills us because we have this mandate and this journey of um, sharing in His glory. In watching heaven operate through us and our lives, we're the hands and feet of Christ. We, Jesus epitomizes for us what a life filled with the Holy Spirit looks like, right? He's our model. He's our hero. He's our model. He's our example. That's what we look to. So now we come and we say, okay, that's Jesus. Everything that Jesus can do, he paid a price for us. So we can walk in that. Think about what God was doing. God Almighty created all the heavens and earth. You thought I was going to not come back to that example. Heaven, God comes and he puts himself into the womb of a woman. Just think about that. God comes and he creates earth out of the, his realm, his realm, the invisible realm, spirit of God where there's just glory, majesty, everyone behaving themselves, fantastic, all in order, whatever. If they don't, just 
and he creates this realm and he puts man in charge of it and man mucks up and he doesn't just go, kudung, left field, start again. He, he takes himself and he puts himself into the womb of a woman to journey and become a man on this earth, friends, so that God can restore back the covenant that was lost back as a man to God. No greater love than that, friends. And then the price that he has to pay to restore back that covenant. Friends, no greater love than that. If we can understand the love that God has for us, if we can understand how valuable we are, the price that he paid, friends, that great price, the journey of God himself being put into a womb of a woman and to be birthed into this earth and to become a man. He had to be a man to restore back as a man that which was lost. He restores back that which was lost through an incredible price, friends, of value. Friends, we are not just sitting here trying to make sure that we can pay our bonds. We're not just sitting here, friends, so we can find out the word and get the formulas of how we can make sure we do well in life and grab hold of all the promises because they're yes for us and make sure that we actually live a good life and it's a great example. Of what? He restored us back so we could be heaven on earth, so we could be Christ to a dying world. And he paid an incredible price because you and I have a tremendous value. Because we are prototypes, we are new designs like Jesus. Because you see, Jesus was seated in heaven and he was in, on earth. First one. And then you and I, Bible says we're seated in heavenly places, but we're living on this earth. We live in two places right now. Privileged prototype. And we can go up and down and we can bring heaven to earth, friends, for a short period of time. Because when that's over for you, friends, you will go to the unseen realm and you'll be with him. But right now, the ability to pull that into this realm, the ability to release the kingdom of God into this realm, that's what I'm called to do. Oh. When he talks about all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now I give it to you. Go therefore, go therefore. Why is it therefore? What's it therefore? It's therefore because all authority has been given. So we go because all authority has been given. Why am I going? I'm going to make disciples. I've been given all authority, but why am I, why am I going? I'm going because... He said, go therefore and make disciples. So I'm going because I've been given all authority, but the, the mandate why I'm going is to make disciples. So we sit and we come to church and we find out we've got all authority. We grab hold of now I'm gonna take authority over this and take authority over that so that it can benefit me. No. It's so that I can make disciples. So I can teach them to observe, teach them to understand the kingdom of God, how we can release and be the kingdom of God. And the Bible says, don't worry, your father knows what you have need of. 
This is not a sacrifice of, well, I do all of this, whatever and that, but it's for the kingdom and this. No, we've, we've lost the understanding of our contentment and our joy. For the joy set before me, Jesus walked the journey. There's a joy and a contentment, friend, that's found in the life to come rather than the life now. And when I live the life now, he gives me everything that I need. So ask yourself this simple question, friends. If I'm coming here to church just to find solutions and to find answers to things, friends, then you may get 100% in a quiz. But it's not gonna help you live and experience the fullness and the goodness of God because all of that there is for a purpose, friends. And we've got to find out in God what is our purpose, what's the plan that God has for us because he will meet everything of that that God's called us to. So what's happened is the church goes into the word, grabs hold of a whole lot of promises, tries to pull down the wealth and the riches of God to fulfill those things in their lives so they can build and establish themselves when actually the riches and wealth were there to establish the purposes and the plans of God and to fulfill everything that you need to, to do that. So you have a whole bunch of people that are at different places and some doing well, some not doing well and all kind of fighting and saying, well, I wonder if it's faith and are you applying things right when the mentality and the mindset's completely wrong. God's wealth and his, his riches, friends, and, and, and all that he wants to pour out in our lives, so friends, because we've been given a mandate and we were, we, there, there will be no needy one among them as they walk according to his plans and his purposes and what he's called them to do. Let me say this, I'll say this. If you're a finger, just do this with your fingers so you can see if you're a finger. What makes a finger so important? I wish I could take the finger off and just show you and say, look, here's a finger. What makes the finger so important? attached to something it's attached to a hand how do you find your destiny in the plan and purpose of God you come here a finger finds its destiny and its plan and its purpose because it's attached to the hand a finger finds its destiny and purpose in its plan because it's attached to other fingers you cannot find your purpose until you have found your people You cannot find your purpose until you find your people because your ultimate purpose is in your people. I simply cannot find my ultimate destiny without finding my God-given place in the body of Christ. Amen, I've got so many examples here but I won't really use all of them. Uh, see, my finger is so valuable because it's next to other fingers. When I was in the mountains, I was just, I don't know why, I got saturated with cricket examples, but I don't know. Do you know that in cricket, these two fingers are the most important? Because you can 
hold the bat, you can also, when you bowl, you bowl with these two fingers. Have you ever tried to bowl without the other fingers? So you find your purpose and you find value when you, God connects you together with your people. Amen. You know, I often have when people come to me and they, please, this is not a pity party, I'm just telling you what often does happen. People come to me and they say to me, I feel God's wanting me to leave the church. My season's up, I'm, I'm leaving the church. And, but don't worry, it's nothing personal. And I love you just as much, whatever, and that and we'll still be friends and we'll still hang out and we'll still do a whole bunch of stuff and we'll have fun together and we'll, we'll all be great, right? Just letting you know, that's what people come and say, in case you didn't know. Um, the reality is, friends, just so you, if you ever did this, so you, you know way I think. Um, the reality is I just sit there and I simply say, garbage. I'll tell you why. Because you and I were knit together because of a purpose and a plan, because the, you find your purpose in the body. And I promise you, when you leave, I won't be spending time with you. We won't have a big relationship and we won't be big mates. Not because I'm a bad guy and I don't like you and whatever, but because we're built together and that's why we are together. So let's not lie. Let's not confuse the matter. We are joined together for a purpose and a plan, for a mandate in God. And that's why we are doing life together. And we should be doing life together and we should be allowing the life to flow through us and for everything to be flowing beautifully. And if the finger is not quite working so well, the one finger, whatever, it's fine because sometimes you don't have to, just the finger doesn't have to just be working in order for you to find your value in the, as a finger on the hand, right? How would you like this as a family? The father loses his job. He sits there and he says, oh, I, I don't feel I've got any value for the family anymore. I can't provide for them or whatever. I'm just gonna leave the family. That's called a, defunct family because how many know that actually what the family needs is not just him in his function his value is being the father his value is staying in faith his value is standing there strong believing trusting God so sometimes the finger doesn't necessarily function operate but it's all right it's important that it's there with the hand with the rest of the fingers you don't have to feel valuable in, in this house just because you're functioning and doing a whole bunch of stuff. You're valuable because you're there, standing, believing, standing with us. Yes. Friends, I had a, a very good mate, uh, early 20s. He had a stroke and uh, his, his arm and, and his whole arm was paralyzed in his, in his, in his hand. And, uh, and his arm was paralyzed and his hand was because of the stroke and what have you. So well, the doctors came and they said, listen, it's not functioning anymore. I'm just going to chop it off at the top here. That scripture is found in Colossians chapter 5. Shall we turn there? For those that are turning, there is no Colossians chapter 5. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm naughty, sorry. That was very naughty. Okay, forgive me. <laughs> so, so now, they don't chop it off. It's left there. And when it's left there, even though it's not functioning, friends, it brings what? Balance. That's what they told him. You chop that off, you have to learn to walk again and it's, it brings balance. And guess what? When you wear clothes, it looks a little bit better. I'm not trying to be horrible. I'm trying to get us a, have an understanding here. Because over time, friends, he began to do physio and work on it and he got movement back. Your value, friends, is not on what you do. Your value is who you are. Yeah. 
If you're the arm or you're the hand or you're the fingers, man, you're valuable because you bring balance, you bring, you bring something to the body just because you're there and you're standing strong and people are looking to you and you're in the family if you don't have a job, but you're the father and you bring the stability and the strength and the declaration of faith and the strength to say that I value family above future. Because value in this house, friends, is uh, eternal value is found in family. We believe in one another, we stand together with one another, and whether you're fully functional, going full tilt or not going full tilt, friends, or it's not, sometimes you, the light comes on you, sometimes the light comes on something else. Cricket analogy, again, you've got a top and a bottom hand, friends, most of cricket is with a top hand. Most of what happens in the church, all the top hand players, they get all the, they're doing the whole stuff, but you cannot go over the infield, friends, unless you use your bottom hand. And if you want to score six, friends, the bottom hand that actually does a lot of the work. For ladies that don't understand cricket, I'm just two hands. And, and, but friends, if the bottom hand is competing with the top hand, friends, what happens is you go out. Because you get caught out. Amazing family, this beautiful. I'm throwing out. You see, don't define your ministry with what you're good at. Define it what you're called to do. Because friends, if you come together, you find your people, you find your place, you find your purpose. This is what I'm called to do. It's not about what I'm good at, friends, what I'm called to do. Then what I'm called to do, friends, that makes me surrender to God and want to call on all the help, all the giftings, everything that I need to fulfill that. If I'm good at that, friends, I limit myself by just what I do. I'm good at it. And often in, in, in the Bible and in the body of Christ, God chooses and calls us the foolish things to confound the wise. He causes the people that actually don't really know what they're doing to do things that other people probably could do better, but their pride is stuck in the way. And in this time that we're walking in friends, can I just simply say this? God never, the Bible doesn't say God never ever was against the sinner. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But the Bible does say God opposes the proud. Pride, friends, to be able to yield a humble. I believe there's two important things in this season, hunger and humility. Simply, stay hungry and stay humble. Friends, what happens in the, in, the, in the Bible is that we get hungry, we humble, we seek God, God gives us stuff, He pours it out, we get successful, we begin to do amazing things, friends. Now, as we begin to do amazing things and the power and the presence of God is moving and it's all wonderful, we have to put things in place in order to steer that. So putting in the structures, putting in the systems, get it all steered now. Now it's all flowing and now it's all being all wonderful, friends. And then those banks that we put in place now circle around and it becomes a monument. And then we get stuck in there and we just, whoa, and it stops. I believe in the days that we're living in right now, God is wanting a humble uh, a people and a, and a hungry people that we're gonna uh, search him out. We're gonna grab hold of that, which is our destiny, what he's called us to. And as we grow and as we develop in him, friends, instead of putting all the systems and structures in place, we put in family. It's supposed to be walking in the glory of God. And he takes us from glory to glory. 
And how do you walk in the glory of God? The glory of God is Him, who He is, His presence, His manifestation of His attributes, His character, His nature. It's Jesus, actually. How do we do that? By placing Him as our full contentment, our treasure, our everything, our desire, our, our, our all. We walk in His glory and we go from glory to glory. It's a yielded bunch of people that have uh, said yes to God and allowed Him to now provide and bless them fully in everything that they do. But what they are doing is the plan and the purposes of God. So they have found their people, they have found their purpose, they're standing together, their fingers, they're connected with other fingers. They're now uh, tr trying to make sure that the glory of God is given by making sure that the body of Christ displays who God is and His nature. So we're not deformed, we've not got funny fingers, we've got everything working together. And as we're displaying His glory and stuff's working through us, and as we're going along, whether we're plumbers, whether we're accountants, whether we're bankers, whether we're teachers or whatever we are, as we're going along in our spheres of influence and who we call to do as the family of God, where every single one of our needs is met, God is providing for us, not just providing, but there's an overflow, there's a blessing because God is always a God of abundance and more. As we walk and as we release his glory or whatever, he's just constantly taking care and there's no needy one among them. That's the model of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's very quiet. Otherwise, we come to church, friends, for ourselves. Not really as a body and not for the purposes and the plans of God, but for the purposes and plans that I have. And then, friends, I'm trying to find solutions that will give me 100% on the quiz. But it won't transform my life. I won't experience the fullness of God and the word will not become flesh. Right? I've landed. So what's stirring in our hearts? The excitement that there's a mandate that's been given to us. There's a mystery. A mystery of all ages now revealed. It's the church. Ooh. Thanks, Luke. That was really good. That was like a... <laughs> Let me try something else. And now... <laughs> So I want to encourage us as a church. I want to say there's so much going on at the moment in life, dis distractions, stuff that's happening, and we can keep the Bible a very simple book about what God's called us to, who He is, and friends, His value and His love for us is the starting point. He absolutely adores us. He loves us. If we can catch the understanding that the great almighty God, who could have just finished everything off, started again. He could have said, there's so many things he could have done, but he took himself and he brought himself into a seed, into a woman, and became a man, friends, because the covenant that had to be restored back had to be a man, and the covenant that restored back had to pay that a massive price, and I've said this before, and we know and understand that you don't pay a massive price for something that doesn't have value. You get locked away in a lovely little hospital with a padded cell, if that's how it normally operates. But Jesus paid this huge price. God gave everything so he could restore back something of infinite value. Sons and daughters, 
They can have the privilege of bringing back the order of heaven, of bringing back the order of the seen and the unseen back into its rightful place, friends. As I shared and I started off with, everything that's seen comes from the unseen, friends. As Christians, we've got to rise up in faith to believe that I operate from another realm where I don't see, and my faith is not based on circumstances or what I see. My light is not based on circumstances. My light is based on an unseen realm. That's why he calls me to shine wherever I am. If it was just about my circumstances and my seen situation, I can't really shine now because, no, I can always shine. See, he wants us to take what's unseen and bring it into this realm through Christ. Shall we stand? We have a mandate. We have an incredible privilege. We are so loved by God that he would want to give us this. He wants us to share in his glory. That's a whole preach on its own, but... Can you imagine an amazing father who alone should receive all glory? That's why the saints sing that, all glory, honor, and power be unto thee, O Lord. But God says, yes, but I wanna share it with you. I want you to walk in my glory. I want you to experience my fullness. So Father, I just wanna pray a short prayer this morning. By faith. I ask, Lord God, that you would just make a shift in every one of our hearts, that we were born for such a time as this, that you've given us all authority and you have given us the power to get wealth. And that we have authority to command anything and everything not for our glory though, but for His glory, and we get to share in it. You know you have authority over money. You can command money. Not for money's sake. Because you can't serve God and money. But for God's sake, to be able to rise up and command the finances to come into line with the purposes and the plans of God. Wherever God's vision is, there is always His provision. You have authority over every living thing in the seen and the unseen realm. So our Father, who's sitting in heaven right now, you're amazing. All glory, honor be unto thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Majestic, glorious, beautiful Father, let your kingdom come and your will be done through us, your people.
Let heaven come to earth through us, 24-7 church, your people. Let your glory be displayed in splendor and majesty and take us as a church from glory to glory. In Jesus' name.